Welcome to Cascade Connects, a podcast focusing on the people and events in the Cascade Collegiate Conference. Here is your host, CCC Commissioner Robert Cashel. Welcome to this special edition of Cascade Connects. I'm your host, Rob Cashel, Conference Commissioner, and joined today by Vice President of Athletics at the College of Idaho, Regan Rossi. Regan, thank you for joining the program. Thanks for having me, Rob. Well, Regan, uh, we could spend a lot of time talking to you about uh, your Athletic Director of the Year award that you received twice and nationally and, and lots of things that you've done uh, administratively. But today we really want to focus in on uh, the special part of today, which is the 38th annual National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think back on you know, my career in athletics and, and my, my time as, as a student athlete or even as a young athlete and, and all the people that have helped to guide me along the way and the amazing women who I've been able to be a part of as teammates or as a coach. Um, and it's really, it's really a special day for us to, to, to celebrate each other and to really acknowledge that. And, and, you know, we're competitive, we're fiercely competitive with each other, but I think we also make each other better. You uh, alluded to playing and coaching and, and um, you know, you were, a, you were a college athlete, obviously a high school athlete, you coach collegiately, now you're in administration. One of the things that struck me when I was looking at your bio was really, you came up not that long after Title IX. Uh, can you can you tell me a little bit about the environment that you came up in in terms of of playing sports as as a woman and um, what was that like for you when Title IX was relatively still new? You know, it's funny. I think back to when I was a kid and I actually had to play baseball because we did not have softball in the community I lived in. And when I transitioned into high school, they said you can't play baseball anymore. And I said, what do you mean I can't play baseball? I said, no, you have to play softball, I said, but I want to play baseball. Um, and it was interesting because at that point in time, because Title IX was still kind of still in, in its infancy to an extent, it was like, no, we've got an opportunity for you. We've worked hard to have this opportunity. We want you to take advantage of this opportunity, which, you know, at, I think I was 12, 13 years old. I was like, okay, I'll just go play something else. Right. Like, great. I'll just, I'll just flip over to softball and, and had a great softball career. Um, so I think, you know, when I think about the, the women who laid the groundwork for us, um, I don't know where I would be without Title IX. Um, it's the reason that I, I went to college. I would love to say it was to get my degree. It was because I can, wanted to continue to play. My whole life has been about playing, right? And Title IX has afforded me that opportunity. And so in college, played women's basketball. I played a year of softball. Um, but it was kind of run up like, okay, you got to major in something. Oh, right. I'm not just here for the sport. Um, and so, you know, when, when I think about all of the, the opportunities that I had, uh, that I, I can't even imagine where I would be without it. Um, because this, like I said, my whole life has been about playing. And if these women wouldn't have Im impacted all of this for the last over 50 years now, um, I don't know where I would have ended up chance to meet your parents uh, back at national convention uh, when you were receiving your AD of the year award and wonderful people number one and uh, but can you talk a little bit about the support that they provided for you with your love of athletics 
Yeah, I was kind of the the odd sheep of the family. Um, my siblings played a little bit of sports, but not to the extent that I did. And I was um, headstrong into whatever sport I was playing. Like if it was baseball, it was soccer. If it was tennis, it was basketball. Like I was, I was 110% in. And that was very new to my parents. Um, they weren't particularly athletic growing up and didn't compete in everything like I did. But they also, um, you know, it was before the, really the days of AAU, uh, which I think were probably good because I had to play within my community teams. Uh, and, and so they just, every opportunity that I could, they would let me do it. Um, you know, I played indoor soccer for a while in high school while I was playing basketball. And, you know, at some point I was like, something's got to give here. Um, I actually, and I tell this story a lot to my football team, uh, as a junior in high school in PE class, my PE teacher was our football coach. And he comes up to me and he says, why are you not playing football for me? I loved football. And I, I was so excited and I went home and I told my dad and we were so excited. We went to my mom and she said, no, enough is enough. <laughs> like you're done. We're not starting something new. Um, but that was really the only time she ever told me no. Uh, but it was, they were so supportive. Um, and I think they really tried hard to understand me and my mentality and what was driving me to do this. And they they did use the little carrot of, hey, you've got to get better grades if you want to keep doing these. Um, so there was always that that balance. Um, my parents went to a, a small liberal arts college like, like College of Idaho back in Wisconsin. And so we grew up with the liberal arts. We grew up, we all played an instrument. We went to the theater and, um, you know, my parents always believed in, in, the, in the whole educating the whole person. Um, so they really had to try and make sure I was getting all of the whole person, not just the athletic side. Um, but they were very supportive in in all of my endeavors. My dad, I don't I don't know if my dad ever missed a game, maybe a couple here or there, but yeah, he rarely missed a game, even in college. Well, just wonderful, wonderful people. And I, I think of him often. I know he follows all of our social media and, and I always see him uh, uh, commenting or, or liking things and everything. So he still to this day keeps uh, close track of you and, and the Yotes. Very much an avid fan. Very much so. So a native of Wisconsin and uh, you grew up playing sports and then that led you to your college career at St. Ambrose where you played uh, for four years. Tell me a little bit about that experience, your coach, um, and, and when, when, at what point during your playing career, and maybe, maybe you didn't, did, uh, did coaching enter into your mind? Um, so my first two years, I played for Rhonda Osborne. Um, I, I actually, I signed, this is a great story, I signed with Lisa Bluter, who is now the Iowa coach. So Lisa Bluter was the coach at St. Ambrose. And about two months after I had signed, um, she took the job at Drake. Um, so I never actually got to play for Coach Bluter, but I was excited to play for Coach Bluter at one point in time. Um, then I played for Rhonda Osborne for two years, was a young head coach, had been a GA out of Nebraska. And then uh, I played for Robin Becker, who is now Robin Pinchton, who is the coach at Missouri. Um, and so I, I had the ability to play for some pretty good coaches, young coaches, uh, just starting off in their careers. And, um, you know, I... My playing career, we ended up, we went to nationals twice during my four years at St. Ambrose. Um, we're always ranked high. Um, you know, loved my teammates, loved my experience at St. Ambrose. Uh, thought about going into coaching and, and being a GA at St. Ambrose, but that the cards just didn't work out at that point in time. Um, so I ended up becoming a, a missionary in Alaska for the Presbyterian Church. 
And so I moved to Alaska um, in November, after the fall after I had graduated, and I became a high school assistant boys coach um, at Skagway High School. And I, that's when I, you know, I, I always tell students that I've been meeting with a bunch of students recently as they're trying to decide job careers. I think athletics, I think coaching, I think our professions, you have to do to see if you actually want to do them. I think watching from the stands and you get to see, you know, a coach for two hours, like that's a great two hours, but what are all the other components? What is it like to put your practices together? What's it like to put your schedules together? What's it like to, to recruit and fundraise and manage the budget and all those, those other things. And so when I was at Skagway, um, I worked with a coach by the name of Jeff Kassler and he was fantastic and he gave me a lot to do and he let me kind of get my feet wet. And so I started looking for coaching jobs around the country and uh, ended up at College of Idaho, which was Albertson College at the time, uh, working with Coach Todd Corman. So Coach Corman called. I was still in Alaska. He said, hey, I'm starting a program at this school. Do you want to come? It pays $2,000. said, I'm in full time. Sign me up. Um, I lived in the dorm and I did it full time. And I think, again, to do these jobs, you got to jump in with both feet and you got you to be committed and you got to learn it. Um, so that that's really and, and Coach Corman was great. He gave a uh, Heather Soar, who's currently assistant over at Boise State. We were new together, and he let us. We did a lot of work, and we really learned the profession from him. Um, learned the value of obviously the recruiting, the the scouting, film work. Um, really had a great experience working with him, um, and that's how I that's how I started at, at C of I all-time leading uh, coach for the women's basketball program uh, in, in wins for College of Idaho. You stepped away from, from coaching a number of years ago into an assistant director role, then took over for the legendary Marty Holly as, as the athletic director, now vice president for athletics. So you, you've seen this kind of full circle, and now you're in a position of, of hiring coaches, many times uh, looking for women uh, coaches to coach your programs. Talk to me a little bit about when you do have an opening and in particular in a, in a women's program, you know, what are the things that you're looking for in that coach? You know, uh, this is a, you know, College of Idaho is a unique place. We've got a lot of long-term coaches that have one been student athletes here and moved into the coaching ranks as assistants and on to heads. Um, and that, that's something we're really proud of. Um, I think when we're looking at at openings and and looking at kind of it's it's recruiting process again. Can you recruit the right people that are the right fits? Uh, I think you know that's one thing I did learn from Marty is you've got you've got to we're a quirky place. You've got to fit with with this family that we have um, because because we do support each other. And, and I, every time I talk with with coaches and recruits, like you know we believe in in family here. Um, our kids grow up here. Our kids go to school here. Uh, and, and so we want to make sure that when we're bringing somebody into the family, that that they they understand who we are. They fit with the college. They understand our values. Um, you know, and, and when it comes to recruiting female coaches, I think, you know, we've, we've talked about this. We've talked about this at the national level, too, that women are, are kind of getting out of the profession. And how do we make it um, a better place for them to work? Uh, you know, one thing that Marty did for me and I am forever eternally grateful to him is he allowed me to bring my kids to work. Um, my kids, their very first year were here every day. I had two swings in the office. I had two play pens in the office and, and we were, they were here. 
and they were down at practice and they, you know, I, I made sure if, as they got a little bit older, they each got to, they got to go on a road trip. Um, and, and so when I talk about my coaches as our family, but also including their children, uh, I've got a snack drawer here that the kids come and get snacks. And when they, when they come to visit, you know, come up with mom and dad or whatever, um, you know, Bev, our, our administrative assistant, you know, print out pictures and you see her coloring with the kids. And, and so how do you make it? So, because our jobs are hard, um, and they take all hours, days, nights, weekends. And so we need to make sure that your families are invited to that. Uh, it can't be like, well, sorry, I've got to work tonight. You don't, you know, I'll, I'll see you in the morning. Um, no, we want, we want the families to really be a part of that. And I think, you know, when we're, we're talking about recruiting females, um, that that's, that's appealing and that's inviting. And it's, you know, we've got the flexibility. If you're, you got an opportunity to go on a field trip with your kid, do that, do those things that are really important. Um, because it, I always think it's really good for, for our student athletes too, to see that you can do it all and you can find that balance. And I tell everybody, sometimes I don't do it well. Um, but the opportunity is always there for me to, to do it all. You, you talk a little bit about, um, you know, that, that environment, if you will, that that's inviting to everybody, right? All families, um, whether you're a male coach or a female coach, I, I've been in your, in your building before and it, uh, it, it looks more like a daycare than a, than a, than a gym, but that's cool because, uh, it is, it's a, it's a family atmosphere. One of the things that the NAIA, uh, did the most recently was, uh, the senior woman's leader, uh, designation. And I know that Liz Mendiola, uh, your longtime women's volleyball coach has that designation, just like Marty, and others opened the door for you and, and saw your potential and, and, and your ability to, to do more. Um, what have you done with the SWL position uh, to, to enhance that for your department and for, and for Coach Mendiola? I think there's, there's a couple parts. When we looked at our administrative team, we said, okay, you know, what, what parts do we feel we're doing okay at that we want to do better at? Um, and, and where can we divide and conquer and how can we help with that? Um, you know, our student athlete advisory committee, Austin Vestrichi, our associate AD, had taken that on last year. Not as strong a skill set. He's like, okay, after the first year, he goes, I finally feel like I understand what's going on. So to team both of them up, um, I think has been a really good balance for both of them to try and help elevate the sack a little bit. Um, the other thing that is really important to me is community outreach, community engagement, um, and so Colby Blaine, our men's basketball coach, started uh, this legacy program. And when he and I first met about it, we met about it his very first year when he was our head coach. And he said, I'm going to wait a year and I want to do this. And he had learned it down at College of Southern Idaho. But basically, it's getting into the elementary schools and challenging those students to do service. And whatever grade you are, that's the number of hours of service you need to do. And then you give back. And then once you have that, um, and we work with the principals and the teachers, and they kind of tally that. And then those kids get a ticket to a game. And so they all come on one night, we bring them down on the court. And it's it's really a cool thing. And so the challenge was to grow the legacy program. We've got two school districts in Caldwell. So Colby has the Caldwell School District. And we wanted to take it to the Valley View School District, which is twice as big as the Caldwell District. So Austin and Liz have taken that with SAC and expanded that um, because I really think it's important for us to one, give back to the community, to engage the kids. Uh, you know, 
we want to encourage them, you know, the go on rate in Idaho is not fantastic. We want them thinking about college at a very young age and how can we impact that? And if we can get them to games, the, so the Valley View kids, we had out to a football games, so we marched all of them out on the field and they high-fived the guys as they ran on. And, um, and so, so Liz and Austin, like those are the two big charges that I think we can do better at champions of character is another area we've got to focus on now that that's kind of changed a little bit in the NAI, but it's an area that I want to do better at. And so I think having both of them work together, I think Liz brings a lot of, again, seasoned experience as a longtime coach who's seen these things, who's seen these programs. Um, and so really trying to incorporate those two things that that I'm going to hand over. I don't like this is not me. I'm going to delegate it to you two and take it and run with it. And so I think, you know, both of them working together, because a lot of that was heavy dependent fall when Liz was in season. Um, but now that we're in spring, now she's kind of taking over more and Austin's backing off a little bit. So I think those are those are kind of the three areas that we've really kind of focused on with with Liz and, and trying to challenge her to, again, think outside the box. Are there other community opportunities that we need to be to be in, involved with? Right. You mentioned uh, that nationally that women are have been really for the last several years leaving the profession. Or when, when you look at the numbers nationally, uh, women coaching women is really, the numbers are down and, and there's more men actually coaching women's sports. What are some things that we can do to, to turn that tide into, to, um, and I'm guessing that that shared experience that maybe a, a female student athlete who now is a coach, um, that that shared experience is valuable. Yeah, I think of a couple things that I did um, when I was coaching with with my student athletes. Um, and you know, if if I had a student athlete that had been with me, you know, all four years, uh, like a Caitlin Shannon, right? Um, when Caitlin was a senior, I kind of charged her with teaching some things, right? In practice, like you know, our press you know the verbiage, you know my expectations, so let's have you kind of teach that a little bit. And so there's a little bit of ownership all of a sudden. And there's there's a, and then a little bit of elevation within the team that, okay, you know, she has coach's voice. Coach trusts her to teach this because arguably the press at that point in time was our most important thing that, that we were doing, right? And so if I'm trusting one of my seniors to do that um, and teaching her how to communicate that and to teach that on the floor, uh, she went on to coach after that. And so how do we help them as student athletes get a little taste of it? So hopefully they want to continue and they want to go on. Um, you know, I, I've had a number of student athletes that, that have competed for me be become high school coaches. I think I've only had a couple who have gone on to the college ranks, but I don't know as they've stayed in it. Um, but But I think it's if we can help them younger, and see it younger. Uh, I think that that's it. that's a really important thing because you know at schools like ours, like they're here for business or they're pre med and pre law and all those kinds of things. That coaching necessarily isn't their path. But how can they maybe coach a middle school team, right? Mm -hmm. And again, how would we help instill that in the younger kids earlier? And so I think they, I think there's opportunities within our programs to help our young women do that. Right now, like in the profession of our athletic communication, we've got a number of student interns um, and some of those are females, some of them are males. And how do we help them again, grow in this profession 
and see all sides of it. Like I said earlier, like you got to do it all to, to figure out if this is where you really want to do it. But I think anytime you can get student interns and get them engaged and help them see the the behind the scenes, right? That that's something that like I I just met with two of our students, um, one yesterday, one today, both females who want to stay in college athletics. And so we talked about where are they going to go to get their masters? How can we help them get GAs? What is that? What do those next steps look like? And how can we support you in that? Because you've done a great job interning with us. I don't necessarily have any openings. So let's help you get to that next stop. Yeah, it's so important for it, regardless of what gender or what profession or whatever, to see others uh, doing it, that it makes it real for you, right? Like, hey, I can do that. I, I can potentially do that as well. Absolutely. When, when Regan, when you think about you know your thirty plus years in in athletics, and and in particular when you look at Title IX and you look at uh, girls and women in sport, for you, what have been some of the high water marks or the positives? Um, I mean, as an athlete and a coach, you always have games that you recall right off the bat, right? Um, I mean, I can recall a steal I had at the national tournament, you know, in the last second, falling out of bounds, called timeout to get us to overtime, right? Um, as a coach, I can, you know, I can think of last second shots. I can think of, you know, some schemes that that we we put together that, you know, put us in a position where people didn't think we were going to pull some things off, and we did. Um, and, and so I, I think when you think about those, but then I think about, you know, it's funny, the times on the bus in the hotels uh, and, and really getting to know your students. Um, I think as an administrator, I know a lot of kids. I don't know as I know them as well as I did my own team. Um, so I think I think some of those milestones that you don't necessarily know you're getting at, at, in the moments are are the little intangibles, the little jokes, you know. I always ask kids, okay, who does the best impression of me? Oh, coach, we don't do that. Well, of course you do. Who does it, right? Um, and so those, those kind of things I think are, are, are milestones that people don't think about that like when your kids graduate, when your kids come back to see you, um, that's a, those are big deals. Uh, you know, when you, they send you something on Facebook because coach, I remember when you did this, my kids at Moorhead state still send one because I used the word discombobulate in practice. And they, they thought that was the funniest word they had ever heard. So anytime it pops up, somebody from Moorhead is sending me that, um, and so I think you think about the people that are your milestones, right? When you see, you know, we've got a golfer this year who's going to graduate, who has been through some stuff. And I told her, I said, when you walk across that stage, I said, there's probably only two people who are going to know that how hard it was for you to get here, right? And so when you can have those kinds of impacts on students, um, and like I said, in this position, now you get to do it. Those are the milestones that, that people don't like. These, these are great. These awards are fantastic, but it's it's those little things that you're just like, man, people don't know the story. Um, you know, we had a male student athlete here who had gone through some stuff and ended up never playing a minute for us. Um, but the path that he went through and the fact that he graduated, he was here um, last fall and I got to hug him and love on him. And he's like, coach, like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't be alive without you. Those are your milestones. That's why we do the things we do. It's it's like I said, the, these are great. This is fun. I love this. This is a result of all those other things. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's great when you have those those personal connections, and I'm sure the years that you coached and all the teams that you had, uh, just memories come flooding back from time to time. You do. <laughs> If you if you could look ahead uh, the next 10 years, uh, certainly with everything that's going on nationally with intercollegiate athletics and with NIL and, and just all the things that really are happening at the NCAA level that may or may not affect us at our level, you know, if you could if you could change a couple of things as we move forward, what might those be? You know, um there's a couple of things that I see that really impact athletics anymore. Um, the one is AAU. We talked about that and that has become a big business and I've, I've recruited it. Like I, I get it, but you know, we've kind of lost some of our work ethic outside of sport um, and, and learning how to, it was funny, you know, interviewing some of these, these students for these jobs are like, well, this is my first real interview. Well, how is that a thing? Well, because they've done nothing but, play their sport. Um, I think that's a pretty big disservice that we've done telling kids that, oh, you need to be one, you need to specialize year round in this. I, I don't agree with that. Um, again, like I said, you know, when we first started this, whatever sport I was in, man, I loved it and I did it and I was ready. When we moved to the next season. I was into that season and, and I was ready to go. Um, so I, I think, I think, you know, we need to look at that really hard um, because kids are getting disillusioned that, you know, we've got so many club teams now um, and, and what that promise from the club team is not always great, not always great for the parents or the students and the investment that they're putting in, um, when it doesn't turn out how they, how they want sometimes. Um, so I, I think, I think if we could make sure youth sports are strong, um, I think we've got to have a national conversation around, uh, parents in youth sports, um, you know, everybody's trying their, their hardest. And I think we've, we've got to bring it back to a focus of, you know, we just actually, um, you'll see it next time you're here, Rob, I'm going to have this sign up. I'm going to pull it up to my shirt. So we want you to cheer. And we want, we want and what that means for us is we want to create a healthy, energetic, exciting environment that is respectful for all, right? That's what we want. Um, and you've been to our place. It can get loud. It can get raucous. And, and we, we got to we got to remember what we're here for. We're here to cheer on for everybody, and and so I think we've we've got to bring that focus back nationally. Um, you know, we need to cheer on our coaches. We need to cheer on our officials. We need to cheer on our kids. We shouldn't be negative against any of that. People are out there trying their hardest, and I said so. I think that's really a big national conversation that we've got to that we need to look at. Um, you know, NIL and transfer portal and, and what's happening in the NCAA. I think it's sad because we're forgetting about sport in this and we're forgetting about kids in this and and i i get it, it it's money it's big business um it will be interesting to see how that all shakes out uh i know the ncaa is looking at that really hard um because we're also getting kids you know on that side of that transfer portal that don't land anywhere so now you're talking about a student who's not getting finishing their education because of sport and we don't want that either um and so i, I really think it, it will be very interesting to see how the NCAA takes on this challenge. I think we've we've gotten out over our skis and we got to bring it back, back in alignment. Um, and that will trickle down to the NAI. Um, you know, we were a little bit ahead of them on NAL, but I don't think we went nearly as far as they did as fast. 
Um, and so we need to be prepared to, again, have that those same conversations with our student athletes about what are our values, what are our priorities. And in an institution like ours, it's about academics and it's about athletics. Like there, there's got to be that that the athletics is great. But if you don't have that academic component when you're done here. What do we have to show for that? Um, and, and so I, I think those are those are conversations that the NAI needs to be prepared to to adjust to um, and to maybe do a little bit better and be a little bit more thoughtful as opposed to just rolling out the carpet and, and then going, well, we want to roll that back in. It's too late. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's some some hard conversations to be had uh, at, at every level. Uh, you know, your athletic programs are, are solid from top to bottom. Um, this last fall, your women's cross country won the national title, uh, team title, just a wonderful uh, group of young young women. You've just added beach volleyball. Your volleyball indoor has been traditionally solid. Uh, Al Mendiola and the softball program, uh, a top tier program. You know, I can go on and on and on about your, your programs, but um, tell me a little bit uh, in particular uh, uh, how you approach the, the women's athletic side of your house and, and in terms of all the success that they've had. And, and, and uh, you know, you, again, you've kind of laid out this roadmap for adding programs and, and not, not just adding uh, just to add them. They're all quality. Yeah, it starts with quality people. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, like I, I've got great people around me. Um, I've got great people that care about the college, that care about their student athletes, that they care about the other student athletes. It's not just about their program. Um, and I think once you, you know, when you look at adding a program, like we added beach volleyball, um, we want to do it right. We have to do it right. Otherwise, you know, how do you look your, your student athletes and say, well, we added it, but not really. We have you here, but we're not going to really invest in it. And so, so it's it's an investment in those programs as well. Um, but it's helping them be successful. Uh, I, t I, you know, a lot of times I say I, my job is to put my coaches and my student athletes in position to be successful. A lot of that comes from fundraising, right? It, it's if we can financially support them. I mean, we're geographically challenged, um, so we've got to be able to support our teams to travel some in their preseason. Uh, you know, baseball and softball fundraise really hard so they can go to Arizona over winter break. They were both there last week and, and got in some quality games. Um, if we can't provide those opportunities or we can't provide a path for them to get there, then, then I really think it's a challenge. Um, you know, we've got a couple sports where we're scheduling has been a challenge right now. Women's tennis is now a member of the GSAC. That's fantastic. Um, they've got two trips down to that area to compete. And now, now I feel really good that we can tell our tennis kids like, yeah, we've got a conference. We've got an opportunity for, for you to compete. We're still looking for that with swimming a little bit. Um, you know, that's a challenge, but you know, we've just, if, if we can continue to put these, these coaches and these student athletes in positions where they feel supported from the administration, they, and that's not just myself, that's the president's as well. Um, that, you know, they feel supported from the provost when they have challenges, you know, with traveling and academics. And, and, and David Douglas is great on that front for us. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a team effort, um, but, you know, it starts with, you know, these great coaches get great kids who are the right fit, who know, you know, we are the College of Idaho. I know who we are. I know what we can do. It's not for everybody. Like, it's just not, and that's okay. But if it is, man, we can do some great things.
Speaking again uh, today, the 38th uh, anniversary or 38th annual Girls and Women's in Sport Day. Uh, are, are, is there anything in particular that you have planned uh, with your staff or uh, within your department to celebrate the day? Well, we don't have any games, so it's winning's going to be hard tomorrow. Or, uh, but you know, um, we've we've been doing this thing where we try and get the the department together once a month, uh, which is kind of a challenge, believe it or not, um, because we've got a lot of part time people. We've got coaches who have other teaching jobs and things like that. Um, but I think as we get together, uh, one of the things I, I took away, um, I think it was Chad Briscoe, who says every time we do this, I have a different coach kind of tell their story and tell something different. And so I think I'm going to put my, my women's coaches on the hot seat when we do that and kind of say, okay, tell us your story. Tell us, tell us how you got here. Um, so I think it, we'll, we'll put them on the hot seat a little bit. It'd be fun. Last question for you before I let you go without athletics, where do you think you would be? Oh man. Oh, that's a hard question. I'd probably, uh, you know, when I was younger, there was two things I wanted when I was younger, although this one, it doesn't count because it's athletic related. I wanted to own a sporting goods store so I could have the latest and greatest of everything. <laughs> um, otherwise, I would probably be in Florida uh, teaching scuba. I, I don't I don't I don't dive anymore. Um, but when I was younger, I'm like, man, I'm just going to live on a boat and I'm going to do scuba tours and I was going to live in the Keys. Man, I, I love I love the keys. So uh, yeah, I, I'd probably, probably be in Florida doing that. Well, we're glad that the athletic stuff worked out. Um, I would trust you as my scuba instructor. I, I don't know if ever, I don't know if all people would, but I would. I would trust. Some you. people probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Regan, I, I really want to thank you and thank you for sharing your story. Uh, it, it's a great story of how athletics uh, shaped your life, continues to shape your life, and how it's been such a huge part of, of your family. So really appreciate that. And, and uh, to you, uh, happy National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. Thanks for, thanks for allowing me to talk today. You bet. Well, thank you. And uh, this has been a great edition of Cascade Connects. I want to thank Regan Rossi, Vice President of Athletics at College of Idaho. And as always, thanking our director, Courtney Blummer, uh, Cascade Conference Director of Communications. On behalf of Director Courtney Blummer and host Robert Cashel, thanks for tuning in to Cascade Connects, the official podcast of the Cascade Collegiate Conference, 15 championships, and over 3,000 student-athletes. This is the CCC.